0: With Penn State taking on Indiana this weekend, we wanted to reach out to our old friend of the podcast, Jack Grossman, host of the Crimson Coverage podcast from ESPN Louisville, to come on and talk some Penn State, Indiana. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Let's get started.
1: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. It is another episode where we are going to help get you set for everything going down this weekend when Penn State plays host to the Indiana Hoosiers, a big revenge game situation for the Nittany Lions. Regardless, it is a big game as we jump back into the thick of Big Ten play from here on out. And what better way to jump back into conference play than against a division opponent, which, of course, is the Indiana Hoosiers. Who of course started Penn State's 2020 season on the completely wrong foot. We'll get into all that and a whole lot more and get an idea of what to expect out of Indiana as we talk to today's guest Jack Grossman the host of the Crimson Coverage podcast from ESPN Louisville. Uh, we had him on the podcast a year ago we wanted to bring him back on. I was also a guest on his podcast earlier this week too so make sure you hop on over to the Crimson Coverage podcast and hear some of the things that I had to say answering some of his questions. But before we get into our interview today with Jack I want to remind you that you can also check out our crossover episode that we did with Jacob Rude, host of the Locked On Hoosiers podcast, that's also live today. And of course, make sure you never miss a single episode of Locked on Nittany Lions by giving this podcast a follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your Locked on podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. And of course, you can check us out on YouTube. If you are watching this video on YouTube, make sure you give this video a thumbs up and leave a comment down below. Let us know some of your thoughts for this upcoming weekend's game between Penn State and Indiana. We will get back to the YouTube comment of the day very soon. But due to the schedule that's going on right now, I haven't had a chance to keep up with all the YouTube comments you guys are supplying me. So I do thank you guys for the feedback and the comments. Let's keep them coming because they are really fun to read. I will eventually read all of them and maybe throw in some of the best comments of the day for an upcoming podcast. But please, thank you so much for the feedback. We're having a lot of fun on YouTube, but of course we're having a lot of fun just putting this podcast out there and making it as accessible as we possibly can. So however you get this podcast, whether you listen to it or watch it, Thank you so much, again, for making us your first listen. Of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at Nittany, And don't forget our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Nittany. I'm gonna going to hold off anymore. Let's dive into our interview with our good friend, Jack Grossman. All right, with Penn State taking on Indiana this weekend, we had to reach out to our old friend, Jack Grossman, a producer from ESPN Louisville, host of the Crimson Coverage Pod covering all things Indiana. Jack, how's it going, man? Oh, I am fantastic. Kevin,
1: you for having me on again. Always happy to come on talk some Indiana Penn State football and just, just having a blast, man. Cannot get played at all.
0: Well, obviously, if you are a longtime listener to Locked on Nittany Lines, you may remember Jack came on before the, the last season started, the, the 2020 season, the delayed start to this 2020 season. Penn State fans know exactly how that all played out, but nobody predicted Indiana would actually win that game, right, Jack?
1: I I did, I do not remember picking Indiana to win the game. I'm pretty sure I did not pick them to win the game. <laughs> I thought I they don't, would have a chance, but I I I, predict, I thought they'd be, beat Wisconsin, but I did not have them beating Penn State. I'm pretty sure that's how that went.
0: <laughs> I, I actually don't remember if you officially predicted Indiana to win, but you were on record saying that Indiana was probably going to have a really good season, and I was a little skeptical, I will admit, but you know what? I was enjoying the ride that Indiana had after that first game of the season you know i I was a little bitter about that but i do think that what we saw out of indiana was really fun to watch from an outsider point of view of no real rooting vested interest in indiana it didn't hurt that it didn't you know Penn State was stinky last season for a while but so that's why i enjoyed watching indiana had the success they did i've already said i think indiana should have been in a better bowl game but Regardless, here we are. Okay, Penn State, Indiana, getting back on the football field once again this season. This weekend, in prime time, it's going to be a nationally televised game. Uh, you know, prime time atmosphere. I when I saw that Penn State and Indiana was a prime time game, I know I was a little taken back. I figured, well, this must be a week weekend of college football. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But what was your reaction when you saw that Indiana is going to be taking on Penn State in prime time this weekend? To be
1: honest, it was because uh, that's a timesawg your Indiana football. And you're someone who follows Indian football that like Indiana is never primetime on ABC at, yeah. at 730. That that never happens. But for, but honestly the first thought was, because it was right after, I believe that Indiana lost Cincinnati dropped to one and two. It was like, Oh, so that's yeah. the one that's going to be on primetime on ABC. So, so it's very much been a different feeling so far in 2021, really since, you know, the first two minutes of 15 seconds of the Iowa game when Indiana's down 14 to nothing. And it never threatened at all in that game, but it's still a really big stage for Indiana. It's a stage that Indiana's not used to being on. And it's a great opportunity for Indiana to, I don't think they're going to win the game, but to play better than they did obviously in the Iowa game. And you know, Cincinnati was a game that they played well enough to win the game. I thought they were the better team for most of the game, but they did Indiana football things and blew the game, game on multiple levels. But but the first initial thought was, oh, that, 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 that might be bad. But, but it's uh, definitely still really exciting for Indiana to be 7.30 p.m. on ABC against a name brand like Penn State.
0: Yeah, it, it should be pretty cool. Obviously, there are a lot of people that follow Penn State that are really looking forward to this game because of what happened last season, but also because Penn State's been getting off to a pretty good start. They get another primetime game. You know, some people are a little worried. Are they going to look past Indiana because Iowa's coming up with a road game next weekend? I have to say, I can't see Penn State, given what happened last season, looking past Indiana. What's the, the vibe around the Hoosiers right now heading into this game? You know, what, what what are people saying about this particular matchup? I do have some questions about Indiana season up to this point, though, but just kind of walk me through what people are thinking about going into this game.
1: It's a very mixed feeling for, for Indiana football right now because going in, to the season, obviously you're you're riding the high of the 2020 season. You get Michael Penix back off of injury, and to just lay such a gigantic dud against Iowa, to where you know all that hype for months and months and months, and then literally two minutes, 15 seconds into the game, you've given up a long touchdown run and thrown a pick six, and the game was over from that point. Indiana didn't play particularly great, especially offensively after that, but but. The, the game's over when you're down 14 to nothing that early to Iowa. Just, you just want to control the ball the rest of the game. And to lose Cincinnati doesn't help matters either. It's very much people are trying to figure out how to feel about IU football at the moment. It's not the normal where, you know, you lose a couple games during the season and people just jump straight to basketball, which IU Basketball Media Day was on Monday, so people have talked a little bit of basketball this week. But but it's it's not quite to that but it's to the point where people are just kind of in limbo on how they kind of feel about the team at the moment because of, really, because of the Iowa game. That, that That's the biggest thing. It's because of the Iowa game and because of the fact that other than the Western Kentucky game, Michael Penix hadn't played great. Or good, even. <laughs>
0: another weekend of college football is on tap and of course now's a good time to start taking a look at some of those betting lines that you're going to find on betonline.ag betonline.ag has got you covered with all the odds all the props and even futures bets for college football the nfl Major League Baseball postseason right around the corner, so lots of stuff to keep you interested over on Bet Online. Penn State's a two-score favorite against the Indiana Hoosiers, so if you're liking those chances there, maybe place a couple bucks on your brand-new account on Bet Online. You can sign up for absolutely free, no commitment financially to sign up for an account on Bet Online. Just go to BetOnline.ag and sign up for the account. Then when you make your first deposit into that account, make sure you use the promo code NFL100, and BetOnline is going to give you a 100% welcome bonus on top of whatever your first deposit is no limit to that you want to take the advantage of that opportunity because nobody else is going to give you that kind of a deal that's free money to get started wagering on some college football and other nfl action this weekend so make sure you take advantage of that head on over to betonline.ag sign up for that account and use the promo code nfl100 get that 100 welcome bonus on top of your initial deposit for this coming weekend that's why BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts Quick question about Michael Penix: Is he a hundred percent, or is he still kind of uh, coming off of the injury that he had last year? What what it, is the story there?
1: It's a great question. Um, everything that we hear says that he's one hundred percent, but if you look at him, what the Washington State game was the first game that he really looked anything like the Michael Penix that we saw in twenty twenty or in twenty nineteen before that. That it was the first time that he really had felt had looked. Comfortable in the pocket, looked in rhythm, was able to be extremely accurate. Had a couple of not huge deep shots, but you know some some passes 25, 30 yards down the field. Was able to actually you know stand back there and make plays. And part of that might have been just because against Iowa and Cincinnati, Indiana's O-line was just so overwhelmed that he was running for his life the entire time. And Western got to him a couple of times in that game still against WKU, you, uh, to where that's not great for the offensive line either. But but you look at the Idaho game, Indiana's plan was – I thought that was a game where, you know, you take the beating against Iowa, you have the big game against Cincinnati coming up, you want Michael Panix, get comfortable, make some easy throws, get into a rhythm, have a big day. And Jake Diaz just basically ran the ball up the middle against an FCS team for for 60 minutes. I mean, Pettis only threw the ball 11 total times in that game. (laughs) It was extremely bland. I was a little bit disappointed in the fact that, well, you got to get him chargeable at some point because, as I get it, they finally did do it against Western, but I thought if they would have let him do a little bit more, maybe he wasn't ready to do enough yet, which is a question mark also. But if he's 100%, you would think he would be ready. So it's just – a lot of uncertainty, a lot of just uncomfortable feelings about about Michael Penix and his play. it was pretty bad for three weeks. It really was. But obviously, I think a lot of people feel better about him after the Western game because he goes out, throws for 373 yards, he bleeds 67% of his passes. It could have been a lot more of a one for a couple of drops from the receivers. So you feel like there, there were people calling for Jack Tunnell to start over Penix. In the Cincinnati game, in the Western Kentucky game, I was never on that boat. I'm like, just because Penix has that potential that Jack Tuttle just, he's a nice guy. He's not, he's not going to lose a game to the a one at Wisconsin with Jack Tuttle as the quarterback last right. year. But if you think about that game, they won, not Tuttle didn't lose them the game by any means, but they won that game because the defense only gave up six points. That's why they won the game. They won the game 14 to six. The, the defense won them that game in Madison to where you're not going to lose a game with Jack Tuttle. But if you're going to be able to go to a Penn State and win, which Indiana has quite literally never done, or beat an Ohio State for the first time since 1987, try to go to the big house and win there for the first time since 1968 to try to beat a ranked Michigan State team, have a 3rd straight winning season for the first time since 1947 with the schedule that Indiana has, you need a guy that, that yes, Michael Penick's, was a big reason why he lost the a Cincinnati game. He was one of the biggest reasons, but you need to have a guy that has the potential to go out and win big games and play great against really good teams. And Michael Bennett's in, not really in the Penn state game last year, except at the very end of it, he was quite bad for most of that game, to be honest, but Michael Bennett's against Ohio state last year on the road against Michigan at home against michigan state in 2019 a team that had the number one defense in the country at that point penix had a big 10 record for completions consecutive completions in a game in that game against that michigan state defense so to be able to have any shot at beating any of these really really good teams that india is going to face the next four five six weeks starting with this game at penn state the only chance you have to win is if michael penix is your quarterback and I think what we saw against Western, I'm sorry to be long-winded on this, but but what we saw against Western Kentucky was that, yes, I get it. It's just Western Kentucky. The reason that game was close was because of what they did offensively. Their defense isn't very good. But you saw, okay, he has the potential to still get to where he was before the torn ACL last season.
0: What about the supporting cast? around Michael Penn next year? Who are Penn State fans who should be, be aware of this weekend, especially on the offensive side? Obviously, there's a pretty good running back, but he's not having the kind of season that I think a lot of people are expecting either.
1: Yeah, Stephen Carr's been, he had a really good game against Western, over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns, but but he was obviously a former USC guy, transferred over to Indiana, five-star recruit back in the day. And he's up his way. I think he's been good. The stats don't really show it just because the offensive line hasn't helped them out at all. The Western game and, and the idea yeah, and the Idaho game, they were able to get some push run blocking wise, but I mean, like that's Idaho and, and Western Kentucky. So I mean, like,
0: like what's that really going yeah, to do? Yeah. What do you do, do against about- those teams versus what do you do against Iowa and Cincinnati? Yeah. Obviously yeah. a big difference in uh, competition there.
1: Yeah. So for for a quarter plus, Indiana was able to run the ball in Cincinnati and then they got dominated on the line the rest of the game. And obviously the Iowa game, they were thoroughly dominated on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball for the entire game. So, so it, it's, it's not really as much of a Steven Carr issue. And we saw this last year with Stevie Scott as well. who was another really good back who, who uh, probably made a mistake by leaving early, but, but I mean, with that O-line maybe he should have, you know, transferred to another school just, just to try to get somewhere where you could try to get an O-line that has more, more of a push, but Indiana's had talented running backs they just have nowhere to run and that's been a big issue for them especially when they're playing really good teams you look at you know even the games that they've won Indiana threw the ball 50 times against Michigan last year that's because they couldn't run the ball they they threw the they threw the ball a crap ton against Ohio State last year they threw the ball a lot against Cincinnati even though Michael Pennings wasn't very comfortable doing it so I mean like like they're, they're gonna throw the ball a lot they have weapons on the outside they did lose a big one though last week uh DJ Matthews, the to State transfer towards ACL against Western Kentucky, he's out for the rest of the year, obviously. But he's a guy that, if you remember, um, for the past couple of years, Indiana had Watt Fillier,
0: yeah.
1: who was a really speedy guy, slot receiver, really complemented, you know, Ty Fry, Fogle, Miles Marshall, Peyton Hendershot, kind of, you know, the big physical receivers that Indiana has around them. DJ Matthews had kind of become that guy. Well, not kind of, he was that guy for Indiana this year, who was basically brought in to fill in for what though you're going to the nfl with the vikings now now so losing him's a big blow he he, he was really you know the only guy did really get going in cincinnati in that game Pass was able to find him a couple of times he looked really good in that game you felt going to cincinnati you felt confident in really about one thing offensively that was indiana finding dj matthews and now you don't have that option for the rest of the season you have Big 10 wide receiver of the year from last year, Ty Freifogel, who really, really struggled with drops in the Cincinnati game. Penix did show he was bad in the Cincinnati game, don't get me wrong, but he showed some flashes of the guy that he was a year ago that he really showed more of against Western. And one of them was he had a perfect pass to Freifogel that would have been about a 60-yard touchdown. Freifogel just dropped it. So, I mean, (laughs) and then Freifogel dropped a third and 15 that would have been you know, converting a first down, that was a really big one, so he had two, three, four really bad drops in Cincinnati game, he had a couple of drops in the Western game as well, the two is credit, he did come back, IU facing a third and eight with about a minute and a half left, only up to needing to convert a third down to to end the game, Panics found Fry Fogle to uh end the game, he made a nice catch on, 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 a, on an accurate throw on end route, so I mean, you got that going for you, you feel like vocals should be fine. Miles Marshall is a guy that's pretty good on the outside as well. Peyton Hendershot, the tight ends, had a really nice bounce back here. He, he struggled a lot with drops in 2020. He's kind of been a security blanket for Penix. On the flat, they've done a good job finding him. They found him over the middle as well. And, yeah, that pretty much covers it. you got guys like Cameron Buckley, a Texas A&M transfer. He's going to have to kind of fill in for Matthews now. Uh, Javon Swin, who, um, who's, who's a redshirt freshman and – And Indiana has a lot of talent on on the receiving core, but losing D.J. Matthews does hurt them a lot.
0: If you're looking for a protein bar that actually tastes good and gets the job done, then you got to check out Bilt Bars. Bilt Bars are protein bars, but they taste just like chocolate bars. And if you do a comparison head-to-head versus other nationally leading protein bars that are out there, you're going to find that Bilt Bars are far and away the the better alternative for you. Because they are healthy, they come in a variety of flavors. There's a little bit of something for everybody. They also have limited edition and seasonal flavors, so the next couple of months are going to be pretty busy for Built Bar fans. And if you have had a Built Bar, you understand what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, then what are you waiting for? Get in on the action, Built Bars. There's so many variety of flavors to choose from. Again, something for everybody. I personally like the orange that's one of my personal favorites but right now they've got cookie dough chunk it's a limited edition flavor so you want to make sure you take advantage of that while you still can head on over to builtbar.com see all the flavors they have available for you and start doing the comparisons yourself and then of course when you're ready to place that first order from builtbar.com make sure you use the promo code locked 15 and you'll save yourself 15% off your first order from Built Bar and you're gonna keep coming back because you're gonna find that Built Bars are gonna be a part of your daily routine just like they are mine so if you haven't tried them yet go ahead and give them a shot right now you will not regret it and that's why Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars out there they taste just like chocolate bars and right now you can save yourself 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com Yeah, there's no question. There are talented players on this Indiana team. Last season was not a fluke, as far as I'm concerned. It's just a matter of getting everything to be falling into place, which I think a lot of that did for Indiana last year. And it's just not there for whatever reason so far this season. Uh, is it all going to come together this weekend against Penn state? I guess we'll find out. Right. So Jack, I gotta say real quick, it's always good talking to you first of all, but I want to get your quick take on how you think this weekend's game is going to go down. I'm not asking for a score prediction, but I do want to know how you think this game is going to play.
1: I mean, I, you got to buy into the revenge factor, right? I mean, that that absolutely has to be a thing. I think, I
0: think you absolutely
1: have to. I just think I'll put it this way. if Indiana plays its A game, which is a really, really, really big if, but if Indiana plays its A game and Penn State plays its A game, Penn State's more talented, and they're gonna win. You I mean, like that? That's just the reality of Indiana football. This is the most. The last couple of years have been the most talent Indiana footballs had in my lifetime. It's the most talent they've had since you know the 1980s with Anthony Thompson and those teams under Bill Mallory. But at the end of the day, if Indiana's talent is playing at its best. Penn State talent is playing at its best. Penn State is going to win the game. So for Indiana to win, like we saw, you know, last year, like we've seen when Indiana's had big wins, I'm not taking anything away from Indiana. Obviously, the win against Penn State is probably the biggest win, in, one of the biggest wins in school history. The Michael Bennett reaches to the ends over the pylon is the football's version of the Christian Watford shot. It just is. It is I mean, is he was short, football. but
0: you know, he went out, I mean, out of bounds. But whatever.
1: I mean, I mean, the football breaks the plane. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get into that.
0: But, no, we, no. But,
1: <laughs> but 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 that that is right wrong or indifferent on that call that is the iconic play for indiana football now it just is <laughs> it I, let, is, let so, me just
0: stop you right there yeah. say what you will about the play it's a great image it's a great it is a fa- it is probably the image of the 2020 season as far as i'm concerned uh it, it is an image that gets the skin to crawl cringe a little bit every time i see it but it, it is it is a classic image. So, and, and,
1: and, I, and I'm sorry to all the Penn State fans for for me focusing on that for a moment, but it's all but, good. It's
0: all good. <laughs> but if you
1: look at how Indiana can win the game, is their defense has to be chaotic. They have to find ways to pressure Sean Clifford, which is what they did a year ago, and they got to force turnovers. And they have to find a way to basically, you know, have Penn State play a bad game. Oh, like that's how Indiana would have to win the game. They they would need Penn Penn State to struggle and help them out, and they're going to need the offensive coordinator Nick Nate Sheridan or Nick Sheridan to uh, call a pretty good game, which is something that hadn't been great either. Haven't <laughs> it was better against it was a lot better against Western Kentucky. I, I see if he can get some nice easy throws to get Penix into a rhythm early to try to get him to play a good game. even though Indiana won with Michael Penix not playing well last year. They, 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 they need him to play a good game again. They, 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 they need him to play well if they're going to have a chance to win this year.
0: I would tend to agree with that. I don't think Indiana stands a chance unless Michael Penix is going to play a good game. Turnover-free game certainly puts him in a much better position. I do think that Indiana is going to be competitive this weekend. Uh, I think that Penn State pulls away. I, I saw the line that I was looking at was Penn State minus 12. My initial thought was, that seems a little high to me. But then I think I went on your podcast and I gave a score prediction of 31-17. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just realizing this right now. <laughs> uh, I'm picking on the cover. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going back. You know, it's one of those things. That my opinion on this game is probably going to change by the hour. I think that Penn State wins this game. But I do think that in even if Penn State covers, I think Indiana is competitive. I think Penn State maybe just separates themselves a little bit towards the end of the game. So I'm looking I forward think- to a good game.
1: I do say I think Indiana needs to get off to a good start because because yeah. as you bring up with the revenge factor, with it being a night game in Happy Valley, a place that, again, quite literally, Indiana has never won in Happy Valley. <laughs> right. Valley in front of 100,000-ish fans there, with all the emotion going into it, you have to get off to a fast start. You can't dig yourself into a hole. Like you did against Iowa in week one. And they did a really good job of that. They jumped out and dominated Cincinnati for the first 28 ish minutes of that game. The yeah. game, uh, they, obviously, they needed to take advantage of more of those opportunities that they had against the Bearcats. Yeah, Americans. yeah that unfortunately, you play 60 but, yeah. minutes
0: in football, not 28. Yeah. So, Yeah, that came back. Yeah. And, and the they game.
1: left roughly 14 to 21 points on the board in the red zone in that game. That's why they yeah. lost that game. But, but Indiana has to get off to a fast start. They can't get beat early on in the game.
0: I would agree. Jack, pleasure talking to you once again. I look forward to doing it again. Remind the listeners here on Locked on Nittany Lines how they can get in touch with you. Anything you've got going on that you want to plug, the floor is yours, buddy.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack Grossman97. Uh, you got the Crimson Coverage Podcast, which had Kevin on this week. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, check great it great out. Game. It's a great so, episode. Yeah, it was, it was awesome uh, getting all his thoughts on the game as well. We're talking everything IU football, IU basketball on that. uh yeah, I produce uh, The Take With Andy Sweeney 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN 680 1057 in Louisville, ESPNLouisville.com for anyone that is uh as I would assume almost everyone would be in this case out of market.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Jack, we will have the links to as much of that as possible in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'll try to link down on uh, the, in the comments down there below as well. So Jack best of luck to your Indiana Hoosiers this weekend. I hope not too much luck is needed, (laughs) but I I am looking forward to a game. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll talk again soon.
1: Thanks Kevin. Always, always enjoy coming on, man. appreciate you having me.
0: my thanks once again to Jack Roseman for hopping on and talking some Penn State, Indiana with me. Again, we will have the links to his podcast and how to follow him on Twitter in our show notes for this particular episode. So make sure if you're following us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, you check out the show notes for this episode and we will get you links so you can go ahead and check out all the coverage that Jack has for you this weekend. Of course, if you want more Penn State, Indiana conversation, make sure you check out today's edition of The Crossover where we teamed up with Jacob Root host of the Locked on Hoosiers podcast did a little crossover podcast between the two shows uh, that is available for you on the podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast and of course over on our YouTube channel so thank you for making us your first listen of the day Maybe you're making us your first watch of the day as well by hopping over to our YouTube channel, giving us a thumbs up on the video and leaving a comment as you're watching the video. And of course, making sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel so you get notified of every new video that comes across your YouTube feed. Thank you for making us a part of your YouTube consumption as well as however you're getting the audio version of the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Make sure you like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash and Don't forget, we're also on Instagram at Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. My name is Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. And check out all of my Penn State coverage that we've got going on over on NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. That's all for today's episode, but if you want to get the continuing coverage of everything we have got going on across the Locked On Podcast Network, head on over to Locked On Bets right now, where your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, they're going to give you their daily picks, their blowout specials, and a whole lot more heading into another weekend of football, both in the college game and the professional game. You know that that is where you want to go to make sure you're making the best picks on betonline.ag. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Thank you for watching us on YouTube. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks again to Jack Roseman. I will talk to you all again very soon.